everybody. Welcome to Pockets, where we explore the pockets of movies and life. I'm Jennifer Miller, and I'm joined by Fabian Ojeda. <laughs> Just for the listeners who were expecting to hear the lovely, sexy voice of Jen, you get me instead. Hi, Jen. Hello, darling. We there it is. You hear that? Do we, you love it? We thought we'd change it up tonight. And, uh, you know, because are you guys getting sick of, hey, everyone, welcome to Pockets. I feel like it's a no, little I annoying. I like it. I like it. All right. Maybe I like that it should a lot. be our I like standard it. hello. I think there's something comforting about, it's like Mr. Rogers. I do so love the me, comforting factor. It thing. is. Of the, hi, everybody. That makes you feel like you're you're there. You know that yes. you're there. And you know, yes. I think that we need like to keep the, it. Like the opening of Smartless. I have to say that music in the beginning of Smartless podcast. Our listeners comforting. right now are, are guinea pigs and... Thank you for putting up with as we figure out as we yes, go along. As we, as we build this little podcast. What to keep, what not to keep. And I think the yes. you saying hello, everybody, is a keeper. All right. For I sure. like that. Thank you, sweets. I really like that. So Fabian and I were just discussing before we uh, started to record that we're both kind of having a long week. Little tired, maybe don't have the energy levels that we're used to, and but emotional, emotional and needs. that's more exactly. We're yeah, kind of emotionally yeah. drained, um, drained, and it's in a good way too. That's life. Yeah. It's part of yeah. life. There's going to be cycles and weeks where it's just you're not as yeah. you know. But I did want to let everyone know that this is our first episode where we actually have a theme, our first theme show, so to speak, and that theme is science fiction. I wish I had sound effects. <laughs> I know. I want a teleporter That's sound. I wish I yeah. knew more to give us sound. I, I'll, I can I will, do it. I'll find. I I'll figure it. it out. Oh, I'll figure it out. We'll get there, people. Oh yeah, we will. <laughs> All right. So to get right to the point, Fabian, you're you're uh, you know, as you guys know, we start um, the podcast with interesting, odd, wonderful stories from around the world. Um, and that can be from present day to history or what have you. And Fabian uh, was the one who decided on science fiction this week, and this is the topic that he's going to talk about. I am a true nerd. You know that. I am truly a nerd. So science fiction, I love, I love so much. I love it. But you know what's interesting? My friend of mine told me, we were talking about science fiction, Julie, a week ago said, did you know that they discovered plankton on the International Space That's Station? That's insane. She didn't say International Space Station. She said something else the space shuttle and I'm like is it still up there the space shuttle is it still there and she's like well no it's the Fabian. she did god bless and I had to god correct bless. her I had to correct her but they did plankton was discovered on the exterior of the international space station also known as the ISS in 2014 2014 that's, that's not that long ago 10 years ago right the discovery was made by Russian cosmonauts doing a routine spacewalk you know because that's routine right Anyway, they were the samples were collected from the surface of the windows as part of a research what? effort to study the effects of space on the station's exterior. Wow. Isn't that insane? That is crazy. But you have to realize the plankton is an it's in the oceans in, yeah. the, in our oceans. So it's mind-boggling to think how did that get there? Or vice versa. This unexpected finding prompted further studies into the resilience of life and its ability to exist in extreme environments potentially offering insights into the existence of life beyond earth one of there's some, a lot of factors in this but one of them is the the fact that it can survive in extreme conditions because i don't think people realize it's stunning like that I, something I, could survive out there you know and also isn't there no oxygen in space dave so right. how can, i thought plants needed oxygen there's like no sound remember how they'd always tell us there's no sound in space sound you know if you're out if you're in the space so you, you could don't scream hello well I think you You'd would be burned up. And I don't need to remind you about Ridley Scott's film Alien. Alien in space. 
no one can hear you scream. That was the tagline for that movie. So yes. for a good reason. For a good reason. Do you remember Sigourney Do you remember Weaver? if even a little bit of your skin is exposed, you're fucked. That's it. Like your suit can't have a leak. Remember? I mean, those are the anxiety that you get from from these movies. Exactly. Anyway, so it also raises questions about the adaptability of life and the potential of life to exist in environments that we thought were not possible. The, the, the idea of astrobiology in the search for extraterrestrial life, huge thing. And I know this sounds like a lot of, but it's it, a lot of big proves, words. It but it proves that, I mean, we've all, most people realize that we're not the only ones out there. This is proving it. Like sure. life can exist elsewhere other than planet Earth. The ability of plankton to survive in space might offer insights into the developing self-sustaining life support systems for long-duration space systems or habitats on other planets. That's fantastic, and looks like we're going to need them. Mm. Anyway, there's a lot of... Before we go on, may I just interrupt? Yeah. Uh, I won't lie. Space terrifies me. Yeah. So when you just said, like, looks like we're going to need them, Peter, in a heartbeat, would be on one of those freaking rockets off to space next to William Shatner. Yeah. What about you? I used to think, yes, absolutely, I'm so ready to go. I would go. Right. I the, the idea of something new and exploring but new things is so beautiful. Fabian, but the older there. I get, the older I get. There's no green. Remember the green episode of Pockets? No, but I... <laughs> well, I guess there's plankton. Anyway. No, I I think that if... I just want the, the ship, whatever I'm in, to be a little more comfortable than what <laughs> I've seen, you know? Like, I want it to be... I don't want it to be like in the movie. I don't want it to be... Like it is an alien. What about the Jennifer Lawrence uh, one with the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. That one was comfortable looking. It was pretty. It was a little more futuristic. Or, you know, for me, a, a, a nice one. I mean, if you're going to pick a nice one. <laughs> no, there are no nice ones, really. I mean, there are, but... Didn't those Star aren't Trek my... have some good uh, mm, vessels? Yeah, the Enterprise was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty nice. I could, you know, and and as uh, the the Star Trek movies developed, they would have, you know, they'd have rooms in a lot of these these space movies. They would have rooms that had virtual reality, so right, that you could yeah. be in a forest, right. you could be in all right, of these things. Right. So that sounds but great. It's, but so it's not so much being in space; it's more the comfort for you now. I love it. It's no, like, I don't like I don't <laughs> like the idea of having to shit inside my spacesuit or have a weird little Is that what capsule. They have to do? I don't know. Oh my I don't want to think about it See, too much, but just, those those little those little capsules and everything that they have, I don't know. Not I, that doesn't not. Yeah. I want more modernity, more yes. comfort, human comfort. Yeah, I don't go camping the even. Belongs at sea yeah. level. that's like camping in space, and I I can't I can't camp I on camp. Earth. Hello, I don't want to camp in Hi. space, but I do want to time travel. But I want to time travel when they've developed. Um, light speed travel so right. it's really fast like the warp or teleportation right. i want teleportation yeah. who that doesn't kind of stuff. Who like doesn't? right like i wouldn't have to drive up well, the hill like to Elizabeth see you montgomery and bewitched right oh. come on truly of that is teleportation yes. for sure right okay your right. turn and then we're going to talk a little and bit also, about teleportation because i'm fascinated we by didn't it. finish about the plane it's okay I think it, it's, it's enough fascinating. yeah yeah it's good that's good it's pretty amazing it's a miracle in and of itself Unexpected. It actually is. It is. And I, not to beat it to death, yeah, but... it is. I mean, the fact that how... You know, they when you, they talk about um, minerals that are found on Earth from uh, meteors that land. Sure. But how did the plankton go from the ocean 
Well, there are theories of, you know, evaporation. There's theories of things bouncing off the ocean and going back. I'm just thinking even yeah. twisters or storms, maybe hurricanes. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. Maybe we were total idiots and we're totally wrong. I know. NASA, don't listen to this. But okay. you know that the idea of something coming back, you know, when spaceships come back from outer space, oh, they have to, right. you know, they have to disinfect and yeah. look at because it might bring other yeah. organisms so yeah. that's a possibility that's a thing you know, to think one about one time uh when the uh, space shuttle was coming back they couldn't land in florida so they had to land down below us it's not vandenberg but it was the one really below us. and i lived we peter and i had the beach house back then so we're like we're on this cliff and it's like four in the morning i can't sleep i get up it's foggy and i'm watching tv and i put the tv on and it says the shuttle is flying by the Channel Islands wow. in two minutes. What? So I was, and I said to myself, gosh, I hope I can hear it because it's foggy. The sonic boom. <gasps> Every window in the house. Oh, you're so lucky. Just was totally like. That's fantastic. Actually was a pretty That's cool fantastic. moment knowing That's that amazing. they flew right over us. Especially and because I, the space shuttle specifically. I mean, that was. So oh, revolutionary it, and it so... Uh, truly yeah, I mean, was, it, Fabian. And now they have more... And you yeah. realize how special it really it was. It really was. And I, uh, I apologize. I can't remember where it was landing in Southern Cal, but it was very cool. My, That's great. We were just draped in fog, and I because I ran out hoping to see it. Yeah, but, just but you felt it and heard I felt it. it. I felt the energy go through my body. It That's was pretty, amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. You, might, you might have... Um, like some new super abilities that you don't even know about because the, it brought some radiation and now you're going to have superpowers. Oh my God, you're a superhero. And this is just your, you're just, this is your secret identity, Jennifer that Miller. Is, that could be like my whole comic book superhero character. It happens to a lot of characters in comic books. The Fantastic Four, it became the Fantastic Four because they were exposed to gamma rays. How would you see me in a comic book, babe? Oh, babe. You Are you do? kidding you with do? that bus line? You'd have a window, you'd have a window suit. Like Power Girl. Look her up. People look up Power Girl. Power Girl in DC Comics. Oh my God. She's the cousin of Superman on Earth 2. And she has, her suit is like a one-piece bathing suit with an open window between that's, the bus line. That's, that would be say, you. That would say. be you. Blue-eyed, blonde, strong as Superman. Does not get better than that. I love it. Yeah, that's you. you. They've been with me since I'm 11. All right. You know, I'm that would be you. You'd be Power Girl. She's one of the most popular ones because all the teenage boys want to whack off to her. Of course. So there there you go. Thank you. Who doesn't want that? God, I'm so honored. All right. (laughs) Um, Next, next, I get the privilege of actually telling you guys about Johannes Kepler's science fiction story about Johannes Kepler. Johannes, sorry. Johannes Kepler, Johannes yeah. Kepler, I, I mispronounced. It's I a German thing. It's a German thing. Johannes Kepler's science fiction story about the moon, which is called Somnium, which I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, Somnium, yep. which means the dream in Latin. For those who are unfamiliar, Johann lived from 1571 to 1630 and was a key figure in physics and astronomy. He witnessed a number of astronomical events early in life, such as the Great Comet of 1577 and a lunar eclipse in 1580 that gave him a love of studying the cosmos. Written in 1608 and published posthumously in 1634, Somnium describes a journey to the moon and the observations of the Earth from the lunar perspective. The story is written in a unique blend of fantasy and scientific speculation, considering it was written in an era long before any actual space travel. Hold on, I have to interrupt you for one moment. The reason he wrote that story, just so you know, the reason he wrote that story was because 
he knew for a fact that at that time people still believed that the sun and all the planets revolved around earth that was then right Faye? and yes. he knew that that was not a fact so the reason he wrote this and you story wonder, how did how do people like him know that it's not a fact because he's genius he was so smart his father threw his books away when he was a kid because he would come up with these ideas and beliefs and his father was so terrified by it. He threw it away and he still figured all it's these terrible. things out. It's terrible. But he is that's the reason he wrote this story. He wanted you, the reader, to see a earth rise and earth set like we see the moon rise. And oh so gosh, that we would understand right. that the possibility that it can happen if right. you're on another planet. Right. That's why he wrote that. And it's, it was really the first piece of science fiction. It's extraordinary. And it blew people's minds. I'm sure. What blows my mind today is that there are still people out there that freaking believe that the earth is goddamn flat. Isn't I can't, that I wish crazy. I could throw them off that flat I know. earth surface. Right off the... I want to go right to the right, edge right with to, them. Just ping like with buffalo, my little finger. Like buffalo. Right, exactly. Jump. Jump. <laughs> All right, guys. Getting back to keep this as briefly as possible, which is not mm, going to be possible. Mm-hmm. In the narrative, an Icelandic boy and his witch mother learn of an island named Livania, the moon, from a daemon. Somnium presents a detailed imaginative description of how the Earth might look when viewed from the moon and is considered the first serious scientific tre- treatise of lunar astronomy. The story provides detailed descriptions of how the moon would be reached and the way the lunar environment affects its inhabitants. Kepler used stories as a vehicle to discuss the heliocentric model of the universe exactly. and his laws of planetary motion, which were revolutionary at the time. Somnium is considered one of the first works of science fiction, and it uses fictional story to explore scientific ideas, and it is praised for its imaginative foresight into space travel. According to the website Skull in the Stars, fiction has a unique power. People are willing to listen to a story presented as fiction, even though they might reject the same story presented as fact. With an uphill battle to convince the intellectuals of his, of his new system, Kepler may have strategically thought it would be easier to dress it up in fun fantasy. For sure. Incredibly, if you can consider Somnium science fiction, it holds the distinction of being the only science fiction story that might have contributed to a person being put on trial as a witch. It's an incredible story. Kepler did not publish Somnium during his lifetime, but he circulated a copy among friends in 1611. In 1615, a woman with a financial dispute with the Kepler family claimed that Kepler's mother, Katharina, Katharina, excuse me, had made her sick with a potion. Katharina was officially accused of witchcraft in 1617, which, by the way, isn't that like the time that they were completely No, no, no. This is what's interesting. We think that the Salem witchcraft was something... The num the amount the of European, people oh, in Europe, the number insane. of people that were actually executed was it's huge, insane. and this was all the Catholics. That and it, were, but it was in the same years, right, Fave? Like the sixteen hundreds? I think so. Sure. I think so. All right, I'll go. Maybe with that. a little later for Salem. I but, think it was later in Salem. Yeah, but uh, she, anyway, she was accused in sixteen seventeen. Went on trial in sixteen twenty. Kepler himself provided her defense and had proven her innocence and secured her release. By 1621, so the woman spent four years in prison. But tell me, you just mentioned... There's an interesting story about this, because at the time he was living in Czechoslovakia, he had become the astronomer for the emperor of whatever, the Austria whatever, at the time. This is amazing, Fabe. And he found out his mom had been arrested for this. He had to come back to Germany, and he made himself a lawyer. He had to go and investigate and to prove that his mother was not a witch. He had to prove, people kept saying, Could you oh, imagine? 
when my mom, uh, he, she walked by and I lost two goats that morning. So he had to go and prove that, yeah, those two goats died from this and so did the neighbors and there was a disease. He had to become a lawyer in order to save his mother. Couldn't conceive and he living did. in that type of period where you would have to live like we that. We sort of live in that period now, if you really think well, about it. We kind of do in, in a different way, but we kind of do. That. Well, the vilification of any woman that is strong and right has opinions, and God bless, wants you know, or control people who just don't agree with what you yeah. believe, and they'll find ways to make to it so that you're, you. you're yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, you're a demon, right? But anyway, he was really he's a fascinating, really, really, he was ahead of everyone with with um, the Newton's laws of of gravity. He was uh, ahead of. Um, he came up with the theories of it's all of so these things before other scientists even had the nerve to say it. And then he worked with these these different scientists from all over the world. Um, Thank you so much, Fabian. I never do you know I, that the reason we know the distance between planets is because of Johannes Kepler. Really? He figured out, and he also figured out that the orbit that we have around the sun is not a perfect circle, that it's more of an oval. He was a Amazing. brilliant, brilliant man. And... He was also a musician. He also wrote and criticized music. He was an amazing, amazing human being. That's and in spite of all of this, you would think he'd be an atheist. He still believed in God. And so he tried to, con he also was an astrologer. That's insane. So he tried to find the science in astrology. That's why I really like him because I love astrology. And he tried to figure out what the scientific connection to astrology yeah. was. And he got a lot of shit for it. And... Are, anyway. you, are you the president of the Johannes Kepler? No, I'm fan not. Club? I didn't. I wish I'd known about him. Be. I knew. I, I wish I'd known more about him when I was I'm, younger. I appreciate you so much for introducing him to me, Fabian. I had. I have never heard of him. I had a pretty good education growing up, so this is really. I had never heard of him great. either. Thank you yeah, so much. That's great. Um, so speaking of sci-fi, um, I think I'll start with my sci-fi movies, if you don't mind. No, I would love to be hear better. it. They won't so be better. The Kelly family grew up in uh, Wayne, New Jersey, and you know we weren't rolling in the dough, so we really didn't do a lot of things as a family. But one thing I do remember in 1975 or 76—I can't remember the Ooh. exact year—when Star Wars came out, 75, 76. 77? I think it was. I think it was 76 because 76. I was in Argentina at the time, and I remember seeing it in Argentina, and it was—it had to have been 1977, so it was 1976 okay. probably. So I was probably about five years old, six years old. Fuck you. What? I was born in 70. Oh, fuck you. All right, All right. go ahead. Continue, please. <laughs> I remember that movie. A, I had my first kind of girly feelings when I saw Harrison Ford come on the screen. Okay, wait a minute. I was like, why You had him for like Harrison this? Ford and not for, for Mark Hamill? No. It was not Luke Skywalker? Han Solo. I like the bad boy. Babe, you and I have daddy issues for sure that is a that is a giveaway right there that's a daddy really? issue oh for sure oh my God. he's more the daddy for sure oh my God. i'm proud of you thank you i just i really had all right bad. continue i can't wait okay i remember the whole like in a galaxy far far away coming up on the screen i just remember being together as a family it's a warm and lovely memory that i have with the, with the kelly family i um, love that your memory of being together I'm not taking away from this. I'm I'm adding not to at it all. that your f memory of being a family and seeing a movie together was a science fiction I movie. Know. For me, it was the same. For us as a family, it was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, oh I forgot. 
We that saw that. I forgot so about insane. it. I forgot about it until you mentioned that it was with your family. Oh, that opened incredible that doors movie. for my family. My dad and I oh, had a connection baby. because of that. Oh. He really believed in in aliens, and oh. he believed in. And we would sit outside after that and oh, look at the it. at the stars, looking to see if we could see spaceships. I'm not kidding. It was a big big deal. Please continue. All right. Because um, that was a great fucking movie. It's not on my movie. list, but I just realized I did not see E.T. at the time that it was very popular. In fact, I you know, poo-pooed it. Then years later, I was um, in a dark emotional time, right? And I was like, oh, why don't I watch E.T.? That'll make me feel better. <laughs> at the end of that movie, I was on my knees praying and keening, hoping to just get through. Remember when, he's in the, when they're both in the beds? In the tents. Yeah. Oh, God. With the government comes in. Yeah. E.T. Wonderful. All right. We all know. I want you to know that I saw E.T. on a date with a girl. Did you cry? (laughs) No. On a date with a girl. (laughs) My senior year in high school. I went on a date with with a girl. girl who I already knew I was gay. Was a lovely girl? We left the theater. I was wearing a leather lamb. It was lamb leather gray asymmetrical zipper jacket that I put on layaway for three months to get. And when we left that theater, my jacket was completely stained from my tears. And I was mortified. And E.T. It was the worst. Fuck you, E.T. Fuck you. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, damn it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been on two dates with girls my entire oh life. My God. That, was that was one of them. them. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Control, control yourself. Mm-hmm. The one movie I do want to mention. Well, actually, before I mention it, I want to mention Our Man Flint with James Coburn. Do you oh remember that God. parody of James, of, uh, James Bond films? It was just on, on Pluto TV. Again, try Pluto. It's free, guys, and they have some really great retro movies on. Peter and I tuned in, and we were howling, because remember the women were sex pods or sex objects, and the men were given that, like, sniffing stuff. I need to see you that movie again, because it. I watched and it his, as a kid. Oh, my God. And it, I, it is it is. I didn't understand my attraction absurdly. to him. James Coburn, to me, is the hottest thing in the world it is, it is in a, those movies. Well, it's absurdly... Sexy and crazy, over the top. It's over the top and it's stupid. It's but it's also it works because it just yeah. He plays it so yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, our man Flint, and then there's two other sequels. That. Really watch I'm it. I'm gonna watch it. You really should. You won't be sorry. I'm not. I'm we watching were, it. It's del- It's so bad. It's good. Yeah. And, and no, I don't I'm watching say it's it. So bad. It's good because it's great. Yeah. It's a total parody of the James aesthetics Bond. of it is what I the love. I love the clothing, it. what and he just wore. The silliness, oh. guys. Him getting out of trouble is just downright I can't wait. silly. I'm watching it. Um, before I mention my real favorite one, or I have two favorite ones, and I'm really beating this to stay focused, Jen. Lost in Space, growing up, love that show. Never watched it. I didn't like it as a kid. Oh, I, love I like that show. Land of the Giants. Do you remember that? It was the same time period. Land of the Lost? No. Land, it was Land of the World, Land of the with Giants, the, the, or the, it was all giant people. No, oh, Land no. of the Lost, don't even get yeah, me. No, I love that I show. No, <laughs> I don't know Land of the Giants. It was from the 60s, but I watched it in reruns. Oh my god, it was a, a little space shuttle 
It was a space shuttle that went from New York to London and gets lost in a weird thing and ends up in another dimension. And they land on a land in a planet where everyone's giant and they're tiny. Come on. The only time I, I ever went to the only time I went to Universal Studios was was probably 1970, I don't know. The oh, big highlight, the big highlight was a giant phone that was from Land of the Giants. That was it. That was all I remember. It was a giant phone because they use that phone all the time in those those TV shows. Um Land of the... no, I didn't watch Land of the Lost in Space. But Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell, my favorite part of that. Remake. No, no, no. I'm no, talking about the, the no, TV I know. show. No, I know. Oh, yeah. But Land of the Lost with yeah. Will Ferrell. Yeah. My favorite part about that was when he was like, remember, this one was coming. He's like, remember, their their brain is the size of a walnut and the walnut drops. And it's like the size Giant of a like... walnut. <laughs> it's like 60 feet long. Anyway. <laughs> Focus, focus, Jen. Lost in space. I love that. Um, the the sleigh stack. Yeah. Do you remember the sleigh stack oh, in Lost? Oh, that's, in... that's the land of the lost. Land of the lost. The oh my god! And Will, Will, and the da- I had such a crush on the, the dad. dad. I wanted the dad. that dad. Wanted... You and I Roy have. Schneider and we that need. Man we're gonna have. To we are going to have a whole session on just daddy, <laughs> daddy issues. issues. Seriously. That's gonna be oh fun. my god! I love it. I wanted that daddy oh so god. bad. All right, guys. Okay, keep going. Sorry. I'm so sorry because I feel like I'm really monopolizing. No, 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 you're not at all. Um, I am. I'm taking Because I said to myself, like, I don't normally like sci-fi movies, but then I realized Blade Runner. You like sci-fi in on Earth is what yes, you like. Yes, that's correct. You don't like with, sci-fi with emotion, in space. With emo- and I know I've been told, like, Susie, Peter, my Aunt Kath, they love... Um, Star Trek and all the Star Treks. Oh yeah, there's a lot of meaning behind them. For sure. The um, the the, the new show Picard mm-hmm. on Paramount. Yeah. they're a big fan of that. Yeah, and they tell me that it's very meaningful and stuff like that. But for me, right, another here I go with my sexual feelings. Oh, oh. But that's Harrison Ford. You and Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's it's pretty. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. But when he has that, you know, the robot girl played by the beautiful Sean Young. The crazy. You mean she's, she's not, she's, she's crazy. She's, she's beautiful. She's, she's no, like, you know, she she's is crazy. Like no, you she know, is. not crazy. I'm sorry. I God shouldn't bless. say that. She's I not know. crazy, but yeah. she really had moments. She, you know, the whole yeah. Catwoman connection with her. Okay. Well, not, this is for another time. I know. But, but that's she was amazing. Yeah. She was amazing in this movie. She was amazing. She was perfect in this movie. She acted beautifully. She did. She was amazing. And of course, like him, him. It wouldn't play today. It really wouldn't. But back then, like, you know, when he pushes her against the wall, like a rough guy, like back then you're like, oh. I just want you to know that I have female and male friends who today would like that. So I just want you to know that. Yeah. I'm just being Even if you, I know, I know. Right. But yeah, maybe our generation would still like that now. 100%. All right. Edward James Olmos. It's oh, too yeah. bad she won't live. Remember at the end? Oh of my God! When he used to yeah. do those Aragami. The, he did Aragami Swans that he would leave behind. Love yeah. that movie. Yeah. I also Beautiful fear, visually. I also fear that movie because my biggest fear sometimes, Fabe, is when you know they say we're going to have like drones in the sky. It's happening already. Like they lost the sky in that movie, and I no, tell it's Peter happening all the time. Like that. As much as I love it, it's my biggest fear. Like, but it's happening. It's happening. I, I, I hate know. to tell you, with AI and everything I that's know. going on right now, and and it's happening. I know. 
We're it's, going there. Yeah. It is. And that's, it, you know. We're we can, going down, people. That's, no, it's not uh, down. No, it's I'm, just different. It's just different. But I need the blue sky and the sun, Fave. I do. And I, it's well, like, that was Los Angeles. It was Los Angeles. Our, we'll have blue. No, we're going to have blue sky. We're going to have blue sky. Finally. It is going to be in our, and it is going to be in our lifetime. It's in, it's going to happen really in five years. Me. No, I don't know. Just Dear God. My God. Out there. In here. All right. I want to be the the voice of uh, you know I want to be devil's Alec advocate. Baldwin. Oh right, yeah. okay, okay. I would so go love ahead. Alec Baldwin's voice. Um. <laughs> oh, I'll try that. Hold on. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hey, babe. Hey. Babe. Hi. Hey, dude. My, babe. My Spanish. Awesome. My, my Spanish Boston wife is hot. Um, awesome. Awesome. That's my. That's as close as I can get. Okay, right, go ahead. That's not. not good. We're gonna it's work scary. on it. We're gonna it's work horrible. on it. Horrible. Horrible. All right, everybody. I don't know if you'll remember this. Some of the audience, if they're young, won't. But I suspect that most of our audience is our age. Time After Time with Malcolm McDowell, Mary Steenburgen, and David Warner. It's about H.G. Wells, who has his time machine. And he's going to come. No, it was called The Time Machine, wasn't it? It was Time After Time. It was a remake of Time Machine, I thought. I think it was named Time After Time. Okay, maybe. I, I thought it was the Christopher Reeve movie. What was the Christopher Reeve movie with you know, uh, with the with the uh, Quinn medicine woman? Yeah, like the, the. No, it's time after time, honey. Look it up. Look wow. It up. While you're looking it up, to correct me, let me just give you all a rundown. It's basically H.G. Wells has built a time machine and plans to travel to utopic paradise in the future. But Jack the Ripper, played by David Warner, oh, I do not know this. Is one of is on the run from the police and escapes to 1979. Wells follows and enlists the help of a bank teller named Amy Mary Steenburgen. I love her. To, I love I've never her. seen this movie. Oh my god, you have to watch it to catch Jack. I met her. He, I met her. I met her at the Libero Theater. I met her at the Libero Theater because she's trying to learn how to sing country music because she's a really great singer. She was with Ted Danson. We had a really great conversation. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, Amy, aka Mary Steenburgen. Is uh, he's she's working with H.G. Wells to catch Jack the Ripper before he continues on a killing spree. He Wells falls for Amy, even though she doesn't really believe him, but is helping him all along. It is from the it's 1979. It was like it's and have you found it? That's why because I wasn't here. No, I'm sure you're right. Maybe I'm not, though. I want to make sure we give people the right information. No, anyway, it's Malcolm it's McDowell. One... You're absolutely 100% correct. Time after time, Never heard guys. Of it. Malcolm McDowell, Mary Steenburgen, David Warner, who I really like, too. Um, I'm sure it's aged. You know, I haven't seen it since 1980, 81, when it repeated on HBO 89,000 times. But it was uh, one of my favorite movies. I really wow. love it. And I figured it's science fiction because of the whole time machine thing. But it anyway, is science fiction. Absolutely. I have completely Absolutely. dominated this this section. What are Not your, at all. What are your favorite um what are your favorite sci-fi films? What my favorite sci-fi films were have changed drastically over the years because of technology and how movies look. Solaris, did you ever see Solaris with George Clooney? Yes. It's one of the first Viola Davis. Viola Davis was doing basically oh God, Steven Soderbergh movies, but Solaris was beautiful. No, that is another one of my very favorite. That is uh, the that is Prometheus. Michael Fassbender. I named I coined that song whenever he's on Fassbender. I love. For him. anyone listening to this, all you have to do is type in Fassbender, crotch. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He okay, is I'll be hung doing that later like a horse, 
He is beautiful. Oh, he's beautiful. He's Every scene, he even when he's doing the X Men, they have to his pants. You don't even know the. He, I had no. Oh idea my God! He is the John Ham. He is the John Ham. Is John Ham hung? Are you kidding I didn't me? No. Everyone listening to this right now, Google John Ham <laughs> crotch. John Ham bulge. That's it. You will get about Fast 200. Crotch, John Hamm crotch. You will get 200. Yes. John Ham is so infamous. We, we know what our AI um, yeah. poster is going to be. Oh, no, today. I know. I'm telling you right now, John Ham, <laughs> dear Lord, oh, that man is that gifted. Man. He's oh, gifted. My word. But anyway. Let's Focus. go back. Jo- yes. Michael Fassbender is in one of my favorites. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You were saying John I love Clooney Polaris. Prometheus. You know, Prometheus. Prometheus is not that wasn't on my list, but once you mentioned whatever you mentioned, the I'm all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, then I'm thinking Prometheus. Prometheus was really a great movie. It's a it's a, a prequel to Alien. Right. And Alien right. is one of my right. all time oh, all time top five favorite movies I'm period you, i'm with you 100 there sigourney really weaver am. ripley the, the character thing. the whole thing uh, the guy that the guy that was the hobbit later you know who plays the robot guy that has the alien come out of him the famous he was a hobbit he played no the not one john hurt the rings no, no. no no he played the one and he played the he played fro not Frodo. no i think she's wrong i think I'm she's not, incorrect i'm getting it right now you talk i'm pulling it anyway out. alien is one of the best Best and it not only is one of the best science fiction movies, but it revolutionized how science fiction movies were going to be seen from then on. In yes, it, truly. you you know, at that time, you always expected that you know, for, for example, Star Wars, which would came out a couple of years before this movie did, everything was modern and and futuristic looking. In this one, the ship that they're in is looks like you know an old barge that's on the sea, and. And the science fiction That's of it. That's kind of nice. And the, the, the remember computers. the Ice Castle's dad was in it? Um, the go- Was he Tom the dad? Spirit? Oh, my God. Talk about daddy, daddy issues. Are you kidding? No, John Hurt. I, oh, no, Ian Holm. Oh. Ian Holm he's in, played in Fellowship of the Rings. He played. I just want you to know that I am not a Lord of the Rings person. I know. It's okay. We I know. We're on sci-fi. It's crazy. But I just want you to but know. But I don't know. Right. I don't. Home. It's crazy. John okay. Garrett, I love that you remember love that. all of them. Anyway, yeah. Alien oh, is probably on the Sorry. top of my list. Not even. Alien is on the top of the list. But you know what is a more contemporary one that I really love besides Solaris, which a lot of people didn't see with George Clooney, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh picks a topic. He'll do an action movie. They're amazing. And they're very different from what normal action movies are. He did the same with science fiction. Solaris is great. I highly, highly recommend people seeing it. But one of my very favorite sci-fi movies is the one with George Clooney. Again, with George Clooney. That's funny. You're going to say it, aren't you? And You're going to say it. Sandra Bullock? Yes. Okay, can I just say Gravity. One thing? Again, I feel I'm monopolizing. Peter was like, he knows my my abject fear of space because I do have Well, this one is not for people who like who so don't Peter, like space. Peter's like, come here, you got to see this. Mm-mm. And he plays the trailer. And I just went, I, I wasn't even Jersey. I went full Bronx. I have a lot of friends who don't like the I space and that Bronx. movie is not good like, for them. why the F would you do this to me? But here's the thing. I got the courage. I love You watched jacket. it. And I watched it. And I was petrified. But I also saw the beauty in it, so please go on. I don't want to overtake that. I want you to absolutely beautiful. One, it's beautiful to watch the space scenes. I have never seen anything so beautiful. 
it's chaotic. There's chaos. You see space. And you see when that it comes back around, Fabian. The garbage. Like, oh it's my terrifying. god! But it's but it is so beautifully done. Yeah. There's something about space and sort of slow and motion of things. She would find herself in those safe moments, like when she would finally get to the to the, the pod, space. and she would get yeah. air, and she yeah. would be able yes. to breathe. Yes. And I just want everybody, including you, to know that that movie could have been written about that woman, that same character, and it could have taken place underwater or on a mountaintop. They just happened to pick space. That was just, they said, let's do this in space. Right. It. The whole movie is about a person who has given up. They've given up. They're in space because there is no no sound. Her daughter died. That's what I was going to Her daughter died when she, our five-year-old daughter dies in a stupid accident in school. And this woman is frozen in time. She repeats it, it her life amazing, over and over baby. again. It the was character amazing. was so well written. And it was originally written for a man. And they changed it for a woman. And it oh, made it. She, she was fantastic Fabian, in it. Fabian, when she landed on Earth after. after wait the, a minute. Wait I'm a minute. Sorry, I have sorry, to tell sorry, you this. Right? This is what I got to tell you. Because in it, this woman had already. She was. She was thriving in space. She she was a. It's where she wanted to be. She wanted. She was a doctor who chose specifically right. to, to go to space there. to be away from everything. everything. She had shut everything down when she lost her daughter. She mentions to him when they're trying to live. They're trying. Every, there's a horrible chaotic moment that happens where their their ship is destroyed. There's every hour. There's going to be this giant crash of of debris. It's terrifying. It is and truly terrifying. They have to get to another another spaceship to be able to survive. And in it, she tells him how he starts asking her questions. So she stops panicking and losing her oxygen. She has very limited oxygen in their in their suits. And she tells him how the, her daughter died and how she loved. All she did was go to work, get in her car, listen to the music that she listened to when she found out that her daughter was dead and literally stuck in time she is literally stuck in time and so she loves being up there this is a woman who suddenly when this is happening and realizes you're about to die if you don't figure out how to get there realizes i want to live it is a susan hayward moment she wants to live and she seriously this is for only the gays get this. Only <laughs> the gays and Jen will get the Susan Hayward, I want, I want to Live. I Want to Live with Susan Hayward. It's a great old movie. Check it out. Gayest Go movie on. ever. Yes. And, but then the whole movie is about this woman being reborn. She is reborn. She gets to that capsule. Oh, Fabian, you're so, this is so There's a scene. There's a so scene when she gets put. to the capsule. Or she literally has like two seconds left in oxygen. Gets to a capsule. Takes off her helmet. And as she's floating in space, there's no gravity. She's floating in space and the tubes look like they're coming out of her stomach and she looks like a fetus. She is in a fetal position and suddenly she she expands and she's alive. That is the first time she's reborn in this film. And then she is about to commit suicide. She's going to kill herself in a ship because she knows she can't get back to Earth. And then... George comes to visit in, her. In a, in a vision. Right. And she's able to figure out how to get back to Earth. Right. Just watch it. And I'm not ruining anything. I'm no, helping you no, by telling you this. She finally lands on Earth after having been in space for a while. She lands on Earth. She's about to drown because it, her capsule is in the ocean. When she tries to escape from her capsule, she's wearing her spacesuit. She has to take all of it off. You see frogs 
because she's in by a shore and you see a frog and it's very Darwinian. She gets up to shore and she takes her breath. She swims to shore. It's one but because beautiful. she has not been on earth for a while, she stand up. And suddenly, suddenly she is crawling like we did Darwinian wise as humans when we first were able to walk. She drags herself onto the beach and then like a child, she takes her first step and one step after that and one step after that. It is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And I want people to know there is one thing that a lot of people don't know about this movie and it's a really great treat. And I'm telling you, Jen, YouTube this. YouTube Sandra Bullock conversation, gravity, the other end of her conversation with when she's in the Chinese, she's in the Chinese satellite and she's talking to someone and they're speaking a different language and they're talking about you hear a baby crying and you hear dogs howling. The director's son made an exact movie at the same time with the other end of that conversation where you see who she's talking to. It is a beautiful, beautiful surprise. I'm not going to tell you anymore. Is it like a short fave? Like, it's a short. You can oh see it on God. YouTube. It's maybe four minutes oh at the God. most. And That's it is amazing. beautiful. It is so beautiful. Sandra Bullock, other, what, what, what would they Google? Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock, contact, other end of the conversation, anything like that, and you'll right. hear yeah. what it was. Right. And it was beautiful. Amazing. So Google Fassbender Crotch. John Ham Crotch and Sandra bulge, 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 bulge is a better bulge. word. It'll come up, and boy, are you in, and you might want to do might it. Be safer if right. you might get more than you bargained for. So you might need to to erase your cash. Yeah, go for bulge. Cachet. Yeah, go for bulge because it's going to be a lot. But no, I'm, I I made a joke, and I have to really I really appreciate what you just described because you pointed a lot of stuff out that I. While I thought it was an absolutely beautiful movie, it and was I did. And I visually went in beautiful. With abject fear, I yeah. really did. Yeah. I I wish I was brave. I wish I was um, a go getter. I just I'm think not. I, I know I would probably die in twenty seconds in the, no. her situation. What happened in that movie? I would be when dead Clooney, right away. When he gets unplugged and goes, it's my. Big, it's why I won't ever <laughs> yeah. go to space. Because you're just going to drift <laughs> until your oxygen is gone. Do you know how horrible the I, thought, I've thought I, about I, what it would be like to die because you suffocate? <gasps> horrible. In Kill Bill. In Kill Bill, the scene when she's buried alive and the idea that she's oh going to die, oh, oh your God. eyes bulge out. And no, uh-uh. That's not how. Do Jeff Bridges movie where he's the murderer and he buries the women and... Who's the actor that has Are you to find shitting him? me? You don't know this movie? Jeff Bridges is a Yeah, Jeff Bridges play, plays the psycho. Jeff Bridges. Not Lloyd. Hold We're on. talking about Jeff Bridges Are there plays any other sci-fi movies. Because I'm telling have? you Jeff Bridges uh, the, the idea of him playing a psycho is horrible. I mean, talk about daddy issues. I have daddy issues with him and he lives here in town. Like I he, told people you, see I him saw, all the time. I saw him at the CVS. Yeah, The Vanishing. Did you ever see The Vanishing? No. <sighs> Oh, I don't want to ruin my no. You're gonna don't ruin do it. it. Don't I'm watch not going to watch it. Don't watch it because nope. it's yeah. It's not what you but want. another science fiction movie that he is in that is beautiful and that I highly recommend is Starman. Uh, come hello, on. come Kat on, Karen. Um, Allen was it yes. Karen Allen? 
Who's in one of your favorite movies? Harrison's Harrison movie, Ford. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was She's a beautiful the one that can film. Drink more vodka than any man under the table. That was a beautiful Starman film. Starman is beautiful. One of the most beautiful, beautiful movies. The ever. soundtrack to that, the closing scene is amazing. Listen to the soundtrack; it's an amazing yeah, no, soundtrack. I love it. All right, we leave you with I that. Did, I did see Jeff Bridges in CVS. It took me a minute. He was talking loudly, and I was kind of zoning out, you know, on my phone. And I said to myself, "Oh my freaking god, Jesus H, that's Jeff Bridges." It's and the dude. It, and it was him. It was pretty cool. The dude abides. I didn't bother him. You know, I want to play it cool. Meanwhile, yeah. I stalked him all the way to his car. No, that's not true. All right, guys. I know I monopolized. Is there any not other Not at all. You did not monopolize. No. I can talk about? about I can talk about this all night long and we're not going to. Well, maybe we'll have a second sci-fi. We might themed. have to. We might. Let's see if people like it. I think we should do like like maybe every few we do a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, guys. We are now in the portion of the no, show. No, really? I know. Can Wait, you, how far in are we're we? We're 44 minutes. For two oh, people okay, that were yeah, very yeah. tired and, yeah. and sad and when yeah. we began. Yeah. I love that we, you lift me up. Um, anyway, this You are the wind beneath my wing. <laughs> okay, speaking of leaving a movie theater crying on a first date, Beaches, I was on an Babe, act. I told you. I was with my, 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 oh man, this girl, this girl, this Jersey girl of mine, Lisa, if she ever listens to this podcast. She and I went to see Beaches, and I got to tell you, I was walked out of the car actively weeping, like yeah. actively not caring. And that's the thing, like back then you care. Like you're a teenager, yeah, you want your jersey bangs and upper hair to yeah. be where they were with yeah. the Aquanet before you started. By the end of that movie, I looked like a drowned cat, and I didn't care. I had to just get to the car. Okay, wait, we may not do the whole auntie-uncle <laughs> because I got to tell you this, and I just was talking about it today. I have not seen my friend, Steve Bushman, for 37 oh, years. Babe. 37 years. On my way to work, knowing that I was going to see him again later today, on my way to work, a, a memory came of the two of us going to Century City to see a movie. We were going to go see Dangerous Liaison. Right? Great movie. Oh. It was sold out. So we had to get tickets for the anything else that was available. You know what was available? What? Beaches. <gasps> Beaches. Is oh, that what you were just God. talking about? Yes. Beaches. Our gin has kicked in. <laughs> Beaches. He. I just want you to, I'm going to preface this. He was the coolest guy, Steve. Totally cool. I looked up to him. He Aww. was cool, calm, collected. I wanted to be you. like him. But he liked and loved you. We were just friends, yeah. and I just thought he was the coolest. Aww. He was a film student. He was going to film school. He was great. We end up going to see Beaches. Again, not unlike E.T., when we left the theater, my shirt was completely... Dude, I'm not kidding. Like My shirt was completely drenched. I didn't and, get that. And, try no. <laughs> and my, my, my shirt was completely drenched. His was not. Oh. I couldn't talk. My throat hurt oh, from babe, trying thanks. to hold in because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my friend who's so cool. Yes. And I, I was know a so wreck. Over beaches, so there you go. But he didn't shed a little wee tear. And I, I, I asked him about it today, and he said no, I didn't. And I go, I don't know about that. But he did say that. I think he did. I think he did. And, I think know, he's denying and then, and it. Some men are conditioned to, yeah. you know, not show any emotions. Yeah. So. No, he's he, this guy's cool, but yeah. I think he cried a little I think inside. He did. Yeah. What I a love movie. it. I love it. All right. I think we, we let's let's just All try right. to do. It. Come All on. Right. People will hang in with us. We're gonna we're gonna get it done. Okay. Guys, it's the portion of the show where Fabian and I borrow the British term agony and auntie and uncle. 
where we respond to advice. As I've mentioned before, you bastards, can somebody write in to the goddamn show? Even if you make it up. Please make it up, whatever. It's pockets, <laughs> pocketspod at gmail.com. Pocketspod at gmail.com. Please write in. Every week I, I log in to see if anyone's written and I just have to go to the internet and look for fake uh, advice letters. Here we go. I'm first. Dear Agony Auntie and Uncle, Although I'm not sure what I hope to achieve by writing, I still have questions regarding my relationship breakdown. Perhaps I'm hoping my ex-partner will read the letter and realize that it was never my intention to hurt her and that I was going through some sort of mental breakdown following a myocardial infarction, otherwise known as MI. Five years ago, I was in a wonderful, loving relationship. Then I had the MI. It turned my world upside down and inside out. I'm sure my partner was as loving and caring as she has always been, but I have no recollection of the period following my attack. Apparently, I turned into a completely different person. Mm. Not being able to remember the events after the MI, coupled with my partner leaving, has left me feeling abandoned, alone, empty, and extremely unhappy. I have plenty of friends, but I can still manage to feel alone in a room full of people. Well, I think a lot of people can say that, but I rarely go out only if I really need to. I visit my family every so often, just so they don't worry about me. I haven't spoken to anyone because they'd only fuss and constantly check in on me. I have never, ever lied to her, but she has chosen not to believe me. I thought she would have more understanding because she has issues of her own in the past to deal with. Unfortunately, she is determined, dare I say, stubborn woman. She was, still is, the only woman I have ever truly loved, and I miss her terribly. I think back to the trouble we had gone through to be together. It wasn't easy, but we made it work. I don't understand why she could possibly think I would knowingly throw it all away. I know she thinks I deliberately drove her away, but nothing could be further from the truth. Her leaving was certainly not what I wanted, but I had no idea what was happening. It was only after COVID struck that my head and my emotions began to return and something resembling normality. Only then did I realize exactly what had happened. All my hopes, plans, and dreams for the future were built on her. I loved her totally. Why would I knowingly drive her away? Please help, Bernard. So here's the thing. It's tricky because he's not giving us a lot of answers, but at the same time, you know, my mother had a traumatic brain injury when I was 20 years old, and of course she was never the same woman again, and it impacted the entire family and mostly my father. Um, so there's unspeakable things in a marriage, you know, like it seems to me that he came back maybe as a different person and that she wasn't willing to accept him. I don't know, Faye, like what's your take from this? I don't quite understand why she would be so, um, you know, when he says I was a different person, is he leaving out that he was an asshole to her? Like something's missing from this letter. Yeah. I don't under, I, 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 I can't make this, I can't make this out yeah, based know. on this. I can't, um, I can it can go two ways one if, if he makes it sound like she might have been selfish and it's like oh, well, how could you do this to me and it's not understanding but you know I, there's too much pre that I, we don't know about I agree and like you know you see you, you guys see enough shows where like people get sick or have a stroke and the spouse stays with them and it's sad and tragic but they stay and it's a beautiful love story something there's a big piece of the puzzle missing here and the way he actually starts by saying I'm not sure what I hope to achieve by writing. Um, 
maybe it's just a man who unwittingly drove her away because he had a physical trauma. That's very sad. It is. So my advice to Bernard would be to just take it on the chin and maybe move on and as hard as it, hard as it is to lose what you thought you had, you're not going to be able to get her back. I, I honestly don't I think know. there's a lot of ways to look at it. You can look at it that he was in some in a situation where he loved her so much and it scared the shit out of him and he had this situation to draw, to sabotage the relationship. And, who, and I'm telling you, like my mother said shit when she woke up from right. her head injury, which would blow your mind. So, right. like, so who knows what he was saying yeah, to her. Yeah, right. so I don't know. I know. I don't know if I have too much advice on yeah, that Yeah, maybe this was like not a good this letter a to pick. One. Lesson to Jen, pick a better freaking letter. I want letter. you to know that you could not have picked a better letter for me. I know. Listen to this one. I can't wait. Listen I have to a this lot one. to say about this. So do I. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Last week, I told my girlfriend that my usual tactic for dealing with recliners on airplanes is to just put up my knees against the seat until the person stops trying to recline. I value the space in front of me much more than other people do. Really? And uh, almost every and almost never recline in my seat. She told me that if she saw me doing that while I was sitting with her on the flight, she would report me to the flight attendant. Obviously, the situation is the fault of the airlines. Really? But it is really so rude to just silently say, no, I don't want you to... Is it so rude to say, I don't want you to recline to someone who is practically putting their seat in my face without asking? I have this to say to you. Fuck you. I, I don't know about you, but I think that you're an asshole. Those planes are made to recline. Those seats are made to recline. And if you're going to get pissed because the person in front of you is reclining their seat and you don't recline yours, then you're the asshole. Here's where Fabian and I get in our first <laughs> physical fight. No. My husband is six foot six. When those fuckers recline their seats in my poor man's knees that are already bent well, you know what? Six ways to Sunday. I got to tell you, those it's seats are not wrong. they're not designed it's for wrong. six foot six but people. You're That's too bad. To recline, no, Fabian. They are. I love you, but completely disagree with you. No, do not recline your goddamn seat. I have been in planes where I'm a hobbit. I don't care if you my my knees are not going to meet. I don't care. But when you're when my freaking TV, this is a few years ago when my TV is like. Three inches from my face because you recline. But you know chair. what? You're F you. Oh no, no, we're, we're having our first argument. It's our first <laughs> squabble. If you recline your seat to the same distance as that it, person, but I'm doing it to the person behind me, and I is, will not do it on a on an ethical level. Are you I will British? Not do it. Are you British? Are you I, from Britain? I because I watched it. a documentary about Brits. It was a whole documentary about Brits, and when they talked about how Brits travel. When they got on airplanes, they do not recline their no, seats because they're afraid of being rude it's to the person rude. behind them. That's how I feel. Every Brit that I have met in the last 30 years, I ask them when they're on holiday, I ask, are you on holiday? How do you do this on the plane? If they say they do not recline their seats, I tell them this. <laughs> when you get on the plane back home, <laughs> I do. I do this regularly. When you get on your plane back home, when you sit down, the minute the light goes out, recline your seat. Just barely, barely recline it, barely, so it's hardly noticeable. But you keep doing it every five minutes, so that by 30 minutes, you will be completely reclined, and you will be so much more comfortable. That is a long flight home. Okay, I agree, like internationally. But like but, I said, if someone is above six feet tall, Fabian, 
The That's not that she, the problem of the person who's sitting in front of a six foot but tall it's the person. Problem of the six foot tall person. Well, you know what? The six foot tall person has to figure out where they're going to sit on well, the plane. Well, he tries they need to get front. exit seats, but he can't always. Well, that's not I will the problem. Throw that's, you into the no, pool. No, that I'm is totally not kidding. my problem. I when he I sit on a plane, I have I, my back goes out, my neck goes out. I want Hello. to recline. Yeah, I recline. And that's right. just it. Well, we, we are we, very we different in that. And that's what I'm telling this person. <laughs> we, I'm telling the person that wrote the letter, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. And your girlfriend is right. And you're, you, you're you don't not deserve an her. You don't Reclining deserve her. Reclining seat etiquette, man. You're not an asshole. I'm sorry. You should not. No. That is not fair. I'm no. sorry, Fabian. It is not fair when somebody reclines their seat. I pay my ticket. I pay my six. I pay body my frame. ticket for that seat. I want my seat to recline. That's like asking you at home to not be able to relax when you're watching something on television. I'm sorry, you're in an airplane. There comes no. No, I'm sorry. No, Fabian. there has to be etiquette and and, and um, compassion, and you follow some rules when you're in a in a in a. You in know a, what? Perhaps if a six foot tall person came to me and said. You know, I'm six feet tall, and you're right up against my knees. I would, I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. Here, let me move up a little bit, and I would oh do it. Oh my god! But I we're not... by the way, when this podcast ends, <laughs> we're done. Baby and I are going to have a wrestling match. Final episode. <laughs> Final episode. I brought wrestling singlets. I have wrestling singlets, but mine's going to be too small for you. The one I brought you is not going to fit your boobs. Just FYI. <laughs> no. We agree to disagree. I love you. you I know really do no have wrestling singlets. That's a whole other story. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Wrestling singlets, the outfit that wrestlers wear. Oh. <laughs> That's almost like talking about firebush. It's too much info, but it's out there. It's there now. I would love to see my tits in one of those. But anyway, no, oh. guys, we will dis- We will agree to disagree on this. It's our first real disagreement, and I it's know. okay. It's I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I just I'm in I'm in a camp of people that are taller than most of the world. Guys, we need to wrap this I'm up. I'm okay with you being wrong. It's okay. Uh, yeah, no. I <laughs> <clears throat> Listen, this is pretty geeky, but I saw it and I thought, "You know what? I'm going to do it." I wanted to give you a thought for the day to carry with you when you listen to this. It's written by a North Irish poet named Lewis Macnees, and it's from London Rain. The world is what is given. The world is what we make. And we only can discover life in the life we make. Fabian and I would love to remind you to please follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, please rate and review our show. It is the only way that we're going to be able to grow this into what we want it to be. Please, please, um, either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. I love you. What's, what love do you, you got? Too. I guess I love you. Oh. I guess I love you, but not on an airplane, <laughs> ever. Clearly, we're you not. You can s- never. Clearly, we're not You know what? Together. I want to sit behind you, because obviously, you're not reclining <laughs> your seat. I'm stoked. And if you sit behind me, my knees are going up against that seat, <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> There you go. In front of you. If I sit in front of you, you're going to... Oh, yeah. yeah. The knees are... What My knees will be right... I'm sorry. Your knees are going to be bruised. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review, Pockets. We love you all. Thanks, Thanks for you listening. Guys. Have Take a good care. one. Take care.